Thank you for listening to episode 114 of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is a truly special episode because it was Logan's 16th birthday and Trevor Hunter came on to talk about his recent win at the 24 Hours of Glen Helen, as well as talk about the bike that he and his team used to achieve that win. As always, Jimmy answered some questions covering a wide variety of topics, including a tubeless versus moose setup and some KTM 390 mods. Yes, we do still get questions about those videos. We also had some really interesting bikes in this week's edition of Rooster Endo, one of which I'd never heard of before, but Jimmy got excited about. As I said before, this was a truly great show, and I can't thank you enough for listening. This show would not be possible without you or without our sponsors, Yamaha, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Takamoto, and Seat Concepts. You can support the show by shopping through these guys, and you can catch us live on Dirt Bike Test's Facebook page or YouTube channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you again, and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Jimmy Lewis. I'm on Tech Talk tonight with Logan, yep. who is now 16 years old. Yeah. Happy birthday, Logan. Happy Thank birthday. you. Yep. So I don't like to do all the <clears throat> Facebook birthdays and stuff like that. I wouldn't have known unless Matt told me, but uh, congratulations. You made it this far. Only two more years before you really get in trouble for doing bad things. Yeah. So um, enjoy them. <laughs> so you can all wish uh, Logan his happy birthday. Um, I wish I would have known earlier because I would have used it in the um, ramp up to the show because I think maybe since it was your birthday, we could get the most best ratings ever. We could go over that million that we had when we... Uh, uh, was it when we opened the box or when we put the cat on the show? I don't know. You don't remember? I know one of those things worked. I'm looking for new sticks because um, that's how this works. Matt, how you doing? Doing awesome. Doing yeah. really good. He's over uh, there typey, typey, yeah, making I'm things work. Interacting with the chat, you know, making sure our audience participation is really good. How's our sound? Is it sound good? I just asked them. Levels looking good on on. OBS levels are sounding good on the stream. Right. From the one. Mike headphone Shirley is in the chat. He's still parked at his green CP. Uh, all the cars went through about three days ago. Uh, can I head back to base camp yet? My mom is getting hungry. <laughs> so I, the reason we didn't have a show last week is I was out on the rebel rally where I'm the course director and I spent 10 days living on the roof of my truck, uh, eating really good food, but uh, camping in the wind and then putting flags in the ground and then having other people pick the flags up or sometimes other people put the flags in the ground and sometimes I picked them up. And then we are also rescuing people that had gone uh, cattywampus, is what I'd like to say. So the way that this works, and this is, this is uh, two women teams in cars, so two girls in a car, like Jeeps and Subarus and all different kinds of stuff like that. And they basically went from Las Vegas up into northern Nevada and did a big loop and swung all the way back down to Glamis, um, predominantly off-road, 2,700 kilometers, I think it was, the course length. So uh, Was that all in Nevada? No, it was in Nevada okay. and California. Okay, that, that's what I thought. Yeah. 2,700 is a lot. For it's a, they wander Nevada. around. They do circles oh. and loops, and but they don't have any technology. All they have is maps and compasses and that's how they find their way. So Mike Shirley, who is Mike Shirley from Rally Navigator, helps me with the course that we actually give them road books. So it's almost like they're doing kind of rally stuff, but a lot different. They don't have they don't have any instruments except for an odometer to tell them where they're going. So they use like a old school compass to get the, the heading and uh, figure their way out. So um, I was doing that and uh, had a had a good time, a successful event. 
And now we're back here in the real world and I have done nothing. Well, a couple, I don't even know what's going on in the motorcycle world. Heard Kawasaki's going electric. Um, there's Trevor won a race and Logan went racing. Yeah. We didn't get a report yet. No. We're not going to? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Oh, we don't know. Well, we'll see. Is it is is your result as good as Trevor's? For my class. Oh, for your class. Oh, hey, that's better than I ever did. Okay. Yeah, yeah Matt raced Matt raced up there too. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to run into the the show here, so it sounds all good. Yeah. We're uh, getting... Even George, you know George who's in our chat room, he was out helping me. He rented a he rented a truck and uh set flags for me. So, let's see. Um the chat's just talking, talking crap on you. It's usual. It's usually George starting it and then everybody else bringing it along. So I'd like to thank the sponsors. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. No, we would be able to do this, but it wouldn't be as good mm-hmm. if it wasn't for sponsors like Yamaha, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Takamoto, and new to this show is Seat Concepts. I'm super excited about Seat Concepts coming on because... It seemed like every person that sent in a um, rooster endo, which is if you're new to the show, that's our segment where uh, Logan tells me about your bike and he shows me a picture. And then I tell you whether it's good or bad. Roost would be good. Endo would be bad. And uh, so now, since almost every bike had a seat concept seat, if it doesn't have a seat concept seat, you know, because they're going to sponsor that segment, you know, it's going to happen, right? Uh Yeah. The ones without it go a little bit lower. Right. A little bit lower. I love my seat concept seats. I, in fact, they, I mean, I've known about, um, I know about them for a long time. And what really converted me was Andrew Short actually had one on, on one of his Huskies back when he was a rally guy, he had it on one of his, his kind of like practice bikes. And I, I had another guy that was custom making these seats with the, the suede top you see i have those on my yeah on my bikes and they started doing this and andrew had one and their combination of foam and the way the suede is and the shape was so good uh i have now i have two more i got one on my ktm andrew gave me one that's now on heather's bike because she liked it so much she stole it from me uh so i have one on my bike and i got one on my new uh, 2021 i actually got the tall seat so it's super, super comfy. And then for the longest time, I've had the tall seat on my KTM 1090 and 1190 adventure bikes because they're really, really comfortable. And everybody wants loads, lower seat seats. I was, I'm not even that tall and I want taller seats. So seat concepts, great place to go. If you need to check them out, they have uh, awesome products. Um, you want to talk about a Yamaha two stroke or four stroke? Four strokes on top. Four strokes on top. Uh, for motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F brings the performance with powerful four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the full factory look, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in with exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphic package. 
and you can take precision tunability to the next level with the Yamaha exclusive and industries only first power tuner app. Visit yamahamotorsports.com today. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter victory zone. Good job. And uh, George put up the uh, seatconcepts.com website link in the chat. So here's how the show works. You ask questions, motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions, and we do our best to answer them. I can do about, what, nine out of ten without looking at a reference manual? Yes. It's I'm right 100% of the time. Well, okay. 100% of the time, I'm 70% right. Yeah. Or 70% of the time, I'm 100% right. I think that's right. It works for me. That's what I always say. And mm -hmm. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I have a lot of motorcycles. I have a lot of experience. I hear a lot of stories. I get, in fact, like someone texted me today a picture of a blown up bike. And the rod did something funny. Uh, the, I, I can't tell because it did. It, there was a lot of ex, ex, extraneous damage after the rod did its thing. And uh, so the first question was, because he the, there was, there was a, is there a problem with this bike and this year and this model and all this stuff? I'm like, I'm not aware of that. And just from looking at the picture, it says, does the rider like to rev the bike too much? That was the question. And sure enough, the answer was, well, he just moved off a 250 and went to a 450. And I'm like, bingo, there's our answer. It's just somebody that likes hitting rev limiters. I, I'm, I'm guessing 99%. So, uh, you ready to hit the questions? Yep. You're going to read them off your watch? What do you got? Is that a new watch, Logan? No. No. Same one. Same one. I need a new watch. What kind of watch do you want? Garmin uh, running watch. Oh yeah, on one of those ones. I have I have one. I don't like it that much. And oh, dork, really? it's a dorkometer. Just do it by feel. Well, you, run you, by feel. Yeah. Well, I I'm kind of on board with you, but I do want something that like really accurately tracks, you know, right. miles and stuff. If Trail Tech made a wristwatch, you should wear that because it'd be better than the Garmin one. I'm 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 just saying. Looking forward to the Trail Tech Voyager <laughs> watch edition. Yeah, because then the watch attaches to your your bike, and you know when your bike's yeah. doing something without you. Well, I mean they have a new bracket, right? That new metal new, bracket, the new aluminum bracket. So where's the Where's the hey twenty seven hundred miles on that bracket? Yeah, thing worked the whole time. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, first question. C, C Bosch. Hey TTT crew, Curly Stoke, Stoker here. So a few episodes ago, I asked about gas coming out of the air screw. George told me to write back with what I found. Well, I did correct the issue, but did it? But did it by fully going against Jimmy's way? Sorry, bro. It's what it what it is. So what did you do, Curly? Like, like that, that you, you, if, if you did it the way that I told you not to, and it worked, I want to know, because if it's better than the way that I told you and it actually worked, I don't care. I'm, I want to pass that information along. So please explain to me what you did. Cause what we, we, the, the, it was, I, I don't remember the specific question fuel coming out of the air screw. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I talked about it for a long time. So now I'm curious. So get back to us on that one. Hey, here's a, that's a good name. Jordan, what? 
Oh, I was I was gonna con you into saying it. No, I'll try. Okay. Jordan Hugh E Bree gets E. Said Hugh, thanks for yeah, no 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 you try. Oh. What's his name? Jordan Hugh E With a name like that, you gotta phonetically spell it for us. I, I mean think we're he not has. we're not that Someplace in the in the text. Okay, what does he no, want to know? A while ago. Oh, thanks for the feedback on my handlebar question back on episode one hundred and five. Jimmy's comments were spot on about me falling off the back of the bike, and it all helped me rethink that I needed tall bars just because I'm tall. Unbelievable improved improvement after telling trying some bar, other bars and going much lower. The much less sweep, more, much more natural. I couldn't believe how much better I felt after the last race. How come you're not patting me on my back right now? You, yeah, Logan. You, you should just you should just reach over and pat, start patting me on the back and say good job. After we obliterated his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no worries. Uh, that's what we're here for. Sometimes it's. Uh, a lot of what we teach uh, and talk about here is not the normal things you're going to hear. So that's why we're here, just to give you kind of straight, no BS answers. Uh, we learned this from my riding school. Oh, yeah, this show is this whole show. Me, Jimmy Lewis, is brought to you by JimmyLewisOffRoad.com, where you can learn how to become a better rider. And as much as I like to talk about all the different ways you can modify your motorcycle, I think it's best to modify the rider on the motorcycle. And if you really want to modify yourself, you should come to my class this weekend. I have openings. I have openings in this weekend's class. You can get in. You will come out. It'll be the best 900 bucks you've ever spent on your motorcycle. And it works on any bike you hop on. So uh, send me an email. Jimmy at Jimmy Lewis we don't we don't have any special pricing though. Some somehow somebody thought there was some special pricing for this class, and it's just regular pricing because it's a really good deal. The price is the price, mm-hmm. right, Logan? Yeah. Because if I if I if I had to start making discounts to the school, who's the first person that's going to get paid less? Uh, me. No, me actually. Yeah. But you too. Yeah. Trickle. It's a trickle down economy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. Uh, Kurt Roten Kubler. I just picked up a 2022-500-EXC-F, and I would like a brighter headlight, but I like the OEM look. Is the is there a way more powerful replacement bulb? Man, you butchered that last sentence, didn't you? Your eyes okay? Maybe you need a headlight on that. <laughs> uh, Kurt, rotten Colber. Uh I haven't. I I think the twenty twos are the same as the twenty ones and twenties. I don't think they've changed the headlight um, design. But KTM has a really good way of taking the majority of the light, and with that lens shape that's designed by an artist and not somebody that's um, thinking about putting it where it needs to go. And they send light signals up in outer space with those those bulbs. Uh, so the lens shape is your biggest enemy, and it's gotten better. I mean, I think the. There was there was one year that they literally 
it didn't it wouldn't you couldn't get the light to hit the ground you could have the you could take the headlight off and hold a number plate and aim it down so they've gotten a little bit better but still uh this is one of the the things that i would pick on all day long about the ktms so if you really like this the oem look uh, you can take it's a um the led there's an led not an led yeah it's an led conversion kit and who makes those? Sick ass makes one. Uh, it's the guys up in uh, Washington. It's the Cyclops. Cyclops. Cyclops yeah. uh, does like an LED. They they build a bulb that actually clips into your stock headlight frame. It actually has a little fan on it and you know keeps it cool. Uh, they work pretty well. Uh, they make so much more light that it actually makes the light semi effective. But if you really really want to do it right. Uh, look at some of the Baja Designs kits. And if you want to do it right and even a step better, uh, Moto Minded, a company called Moto Minded, uh, like 3D prints a, a really incredible mount so you can put the even bigger, uh, the XL80 in the back of that lens. And I, I don't, it depends on if you're really, you know, if it's, if it's looks that's driving you, then you're going to suffer on light performance. But if you want to get the best light, there's definitely some other options. And so, uh, yeah, Cyclops can just slide that uh, sucker right in the back and you'll be in good shape. I have one on one of my bikes and it 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 gets me out. It, it's it's so much better than the stock one. It It is a marked improvement, but it's still a step down from the the, the Baja design stuff. So it's depends on what you're trying to go for there in in my world. Oh, boy. Do you think somebody made up the next name, their next name, just so that we'd have to pronounce it? <clears throat> well, this one's easy. Oh, I didn't. Redneck Super Supreme. Redneck Supreme Leader sixty nine. Yeah. Oh, did, okay. did Logan just say that better than you? <laughs> hey. Yeah. That's why we take turns at it. Exactly. Well, yeah. So Redneck Supreme Leader sixty nine. I just. Seeing that name, I'm very. I haven't read the question yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of concerned about what kind of question we're going to get. This I, is I off of Instagram, by the way. So th these are our Instagram followers. Oh, Instagram followers. Yeah, you have to yeah. have a cool name on Instagram, right? Right, right. Did we did we check to see what Redneck Supreme Leader posts? Like what his photos are? No, no. I want to know. Okay, go ahead. What's the question? I went from tubeless to bibs. The bike has a much harsher ride. Can this be cured with clickers? 2021 XCW. Whoa. So, so with tubeless, you can adjust your air pressure. And I'm just going to go that he has the same tire, same tire, just changed from tubeless to, to, to moose. And if he was running like four and five pounds with tubeless and he went up to a moose that can be anywhere from, 15 or 16 with a really like a desert style of big moose down to, you know, some of the softies uh, start out at about 10 or 12 and, and they all break in and work their way down to eight. You're, until your moose turns into mush, it's never going to go down to like six, but yes. So can you change it with clickers? Um, yeah, but it's going to really wreck the way the bike rides overall. It's going to get so mushy. So, 
yeah, he, I think that if you're running that low of a pressure, that's a real, the tubeless can be actually a real, a real big advantage. Or I tell you what, I'll sell you a bunch of mooses that are at right about six PSI that I can't run anymore because the bead will come off the tire. And, and that's the thing is when you get a moose down to that level, it's so it's shrunk down and it doesn't have any integrity. It's not going to hold the, the tire on the bead like the tubeless does. And for those that aren't familiar with what a tubeless is, it's it turns your your tire into an air chamber, and it uses a it uses a very high pressure tube, and a and a kind of an encasement that encases the tube all the way around the rim. So imagine where the spokes are, you have this encasement in this tube, and the way that it blows up, it pinches the bead against the 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 wall of the rim. So the same way that the tube would naturally do it, this thing does it, but it only has the high pressure inside of this encasement. And then the whole, then you can run. So you run a super high pressure, like we'll call it beadlock almost. It's essentially like a beadlock in, in, in a certain way. And then, and then it creates, you know, so some tires are really good at holding air and other ones aren't so good at holding air as far as just the way they work. And then if you, you technically, it's like you now have a tubeless tire and if you get a flat, you could plug it essentially. So if you're curious about that, so, um, man, I, I'd, I'd like to, I wish you would have told me your pressures, uh, redneck, uh, let me know the pressures you're running and, and I can give you some ideas because there's ways that you can drill your moose out. You know, and this is what this is what like a lot of the drill cross guys do. And the way that you drill your moose out, like where you drill the material out changes the way that the tire flexes and folds. And there, it's a, there's a science to it. And I don't know that much about it. I just know enough to know that it's being done. But uh, you could actually drill your moose out and get that same kind of compliance if you did it right. But you're going to take away life of the moose. Uh, but sounds like if you're running that low of pressure, uh, the moose will actually last quite a long time. So actually give your moose, brand new moose, to a racer that needs a moose. Let them race with it once or twice and then take it back. Or go to the races and buy used moose from racers that are kind of on their, their last run of that. And then you're going to start with the moose that you want. Just a just a thought. What, wait, Always saving you money here. What what about a tubeless? Bob just raised his hand and he said, "Tubeless with a moose." Interesting. You should bring that up. <laughs> a beadlock tubeless. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of complexity. And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't. I don't see that. Actually, I'm testing something now that's similar to that, or it has that concept or idea or something behind it but okay next question before you read that question uh logan did get a birthday shout out oh so from andrew gurky yeah, yeah. Look that. you know andrew gurky not off the top of the head okay well andrew said happy birthday logan yeah. uh yeah. also uh so that just because it's prevalent to a question that was already oh answered. curly yeah yeah Kyler is his Kyler, name, but so we say Curly. He said, uh, I went against your 
I want to see, uh, hold on, let me pull up on my screen so I can actually read it. I went against your way in the fact that I didn't just do one thing, then test, then do the next thing, then test. Also, the part Logan just read, there was more, and I did explain what I did. New OAM, O-ring carb kit, new fuel line, new reads. What, somebody edited the question down? You don't remember doing that? I didn't edit it down, but maybe there was a subtle read more that I missed. Cause this is that. So this, I actually got this from like a, I, I've been doing community posts on YouTube. Right. So I'm not super familiar with those and I'm going to guess it, there should have been like a read more that I didn't it, click on. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. So blame like it on it, Matt. Can we blame it on Matt? It sounds like it's a blame it on Matt. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Chalk that one up to Matt. We need a new producer, I uh, guess. <laughs> at least that's the way that the damn question didn't start out <laughs> right uh, okay who's next uh connor steezil connor steezil looking to get into adventure right oh no to do the one above that what oh what did you use to lube mooses he's got two questions in there yeah have you tried murphy's oh yeah so Connor must be a new listener. Yes, I've tried Murphy's and yes, that's you can do that cuz it's a it's a it's an oil soap. But since it's a soap, when you put water if, if it ever gets wet, uh it'll wash out more or less and it gets absorbed into the mousse. So if you want your mousse if you don't want to have mousse problems, do not use Murphy's. It will work, but it will cause problems. That's all I'm saying. Have I done it? Yes. Do I still do it every once in a while? Yes. When there was a moose lube shortage in the world, I went and got my Murphy's oil soap and put it in there. But I also pumped a whole bunch back into the tire after the ride that I did because I knew it was dried up. So, um, yes, I've tried it. Don't do it. If you If you can avoid it, don't do it. Same person. Uh, Connor, you say it. Connor Stiesel. All right. Looking to get into adventure riding. Really drawn to the Tenere 700. Coming from a motor background. That's a statement. Mm-hmm. Not a question. Yeah. Three statements. Tell them to send it. Send it. Yeah, just another statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think, it, it, and Matt Matt told me before the show, he said, hey, we got some really good uh, questions on Instagram. Uh, Trevor posted, I got Trevor to post on Instagram. I've been a little bit off the social media lately. I've just kind of been staying away. I've been using it a lot more like the toilet that it is, you know, just flushing stuff into it every once in a while. So um, I was expecting a lot more out of this question. You, no, I said you can make it a deep question. I can make it into a good question. Yeah, you're yeah. right about this. I can make anything into a deep question. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking to get into adventure riding uh, and you're coming from a motocross background, you're in for a big surprise because those bikes actually feel like they will do a lot of stuff really well, like your motocross bike does. But when you add about eh, 200 or so pounds, but you have the good thing is you're drawn to the right one for this. The uh, the Tenere 700, I think, is a it's a it's a good gateway drug into 
adventure riding if there were and it performs well and it's inexpensive and it's everything that an adventure bike really should be for someone looking to get into this i think it's the the modern replacement for the kawasaki klr 650 which is all new <laughs> for 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 uh, yeah it's all new for 2022 but you know <laughs> it, it it's uh it's still the same it's the same bike they just did what they had to do to be, keep, be able to keep producing it i mean aside from making it electric we'll get into this i think some point tonight but uh yeah the the t7 is a it's a great bike it's blue crew it's yamaha how come we're not doing like yamaha Tenere reads. I'll put it on the notes to uh, message our guy at Yamaha. Yeah, find out. I'm on T7 reads. Because I have a lot of good stuff to say about those. I wouldn't yeah. even need a read. I could just say good things about them. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you know, I think we are, we, we can come up with our own ad reads if we want. Well, that's, I think that's, we could. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll write stuff and I'll make, tra- uh, I'll make Logan read it. Oh, oh, oh boy. I can see this going. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yay. Uh, uh, so actually, I, I do have a question for you regarding, uh, ADV and Moto. Uh, I seem to remember you talking about taking like a 1190 or a 990 to Sandy Valley one time just to put her around or. I've ridden, I've ridden almost all the adventure bikes I own. And even, even, uh, I know Yamaha wouldn't let me do it. We actually started the, the Tenere, the Tenere 700 press intro started in and out of Glen Helen. And they, and I said, can I ride around the track? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Because of course they didn't know who the fuck I am. Excuse my French. <laughs> like I, I, I just wanted to ride it around there just to, just to do it. Just like, it's fun taking adventure bikes kind of where you shouldn't. But the good thing about a motocross track is, is that I know I can ride around it. It's not like going down a trail or, you know, doing extreme enduro things. It's just like, it's just a motocross track and you can, you know, feel like, Hey, can I jump and clear this? Cause you can't come up short on anything. You've got to downsign everything. You've, you know, they have plenty of power. And as long as you don't hit the big kicker bumps, they're, they're fine. It's just like riding down a really bad dirt road that has super awesome jumps on it. <laughs> so, uh, I've done it with almost all my adventure bikes, uh, a lot so uh bob's raising his hand again over in the, the peanut forget, gallery don't forget to remind him to see your 700 review. oh yeah we have a yeah thank you bob uh if you're more interested in that bike uh look at the review we have on uh, dirtbiketest.com that's the website that brings all of this to you the authority i mean who else wins the 24 hours of glen helen right what other, what other, like, did Dirt Bike Magazine win it? No. Motocross Action? Not even close. Dirt Bike Test? Smoked them. Yeah. Just, just like to say that. Thanks, Trevor. Should we take a call from Trevor or should we keep going with the questions? I think we should keep going with the questions for a little bit. Okay. Sean Elliott. The 690 is a great bike for off, for road and trail. The extra 80 pounds over the KTM 500 helps on the highway. Increased oil change interval, intervals. However, drivetrain drive noise, noise normally prompts oil change at 1,500 miles, which is way earlier than recommended 6,000 miles. Um, Sean is defending his 690, which I affectionately call 
one of my least favorite motorcycles. <laughs> it's a good, it's a, it's a really good bike. Uh, but I'm going to have to fight on the 80 pounds. Like I'm trying to get rid of 20 pounds and like 80 pounds is a lot on the highway, but we're dirt bike test and I'm dirt bike test and you guys are dirt bike test. And so we're just trying to find this. Like the problem is the 690 is trying to be this unicorn and we can't decide whether the unicorn is a 690 or the KTM 500. And you're just, if you found whatever podcast like Rider Magazine does, whatever their show is, it's probably like Road Cruising Thursday or something like that. I don't know what theirs, theirs is. You'd probably have a much better chance in that arena to, to, to prop the 690 up. So Sean, um, I don't, wh why do we get into the oil change intervals? <laughs> That's a really good motor, that 690 motor, by the way. So I probably wouldn't change it at 1500 miles. Next question. Doug Oliver, why do people have such a problem understanding the merits of this bike? I mean, what bike? Um, 1090R? I think the 390. Oh, okay. I'm a 60 plus experienced off-roader and have a 1090R and recently picked up a 390. For me, the 390 is the closest thing to the unicorn. Can't, you can buy right now less than 400 pounds, fuel injected, 200 plus mile range, cruise all day long at 70 miles an hour, 100 plus mile an hour top speed. Oh, that's pushing it. I mean, I've done it, but that's pushing it. Off-road ABS, tubeless tires, effective wind pr protection, gravel road, bash plate, reasonably comfortable seat with a cheap air cushion, all out of the box. Would more power be good? Yes, of course, but it is not hindered in any way, as is, and I have no desire to put tubed spoke wheels on mine. So we're, we're in search of the unicorn. We're trying to figure out the unicorn bike. It's definitely not the KTM 390. <laughs> What's that mean? It's, it's a, so he's agreeing with a lot of the stuff we have. Um, gravel road bash plate. I would call it light grade protection for tiny pieces of gravel that are flying up at your engine. That's what the stock um, bash plate is. It's reasonably comfortable, comfortable seat. Um, I think in the adventure world, it's just it's just a necessary ingredient that that we need to have. It's a good it it's kind of fills a niche that that's there and it can grow. And uh, when you dent your rims, you will have a desire to put uh, tubed spoke wheels on your bike. I promise you, this happens every once in a while. So thank you. We're going to get in some dirt bikes now. Yeah. Uh, 2020 KTM 300 XCW full test. Christian Bryan. Great and well articulated video. Greetings from El Salvador. Yeah. You know where El Salvador is, Logan? No. Okay. What did you learn in school today? In school, it was... It's hard to learn anything because everybody's telling you happy birthday. 
<laughs> James the first, James the second, Charles the first, Charles the second. The Brits? Yeah. The kings. Mm -hmm. So you learned about the kings of England. Yeah. And how did that go? Like, what, what was the purpose of them telling you about these? I don't know. We were supposed to learn everything about them in four sentences. Ooh, that could be so, tough. Are you under the presidents of the United States yet? Uh, world history, not world US history. history. Okay. They they tell you about KTM where KTMs are made, Austria. No. No. BMWs, Germany. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, you learned about BMWs. Well, not BMWs, but you learned about Germany a little bit. Okay. Is it, this is this is how my history went. It was like, where's that motorcycle made? You know, back in the old days, gas gases were made in what country? This is about three Italy? or four years ago. Ooh, that was close. Ooh, can can I, try again. Can I guess? Not even close. <laughs> well, he, he said he said a country that wasn't like United States or Japan. Okay. France? Nope. No. What, okay, name 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 a motorcycle made in France. Name a Sherco? There we go. Good. Gas gases were made in Come on. You know it. No. Uh, Spain. Spain. Yeah. Like Montesas and Osas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lamborghinis. And what? Lamborghinis are Italian. Yeah. And they're not motorcycles. As far as I know. I don't know. You, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, Kawasaki bought Bomoda, right? Really? Oh, that's what I read in one of this press release. They were talking about some of their performance. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what I read. I, it was, uh, you know, I'm on cough medicine right now, so we'll see how it goes. But that was their, and Bomodas were made where? Were they French or were they Spanish? Somebody in the chat room will answer this question. Um, but, uh, anyways, I think they, they acquired them somehow or another. So we'll see how this, this goes. Uh, okay. So back to the, what was the, was it, what was the question? Oh, El Salvador. <laughs> Trevor, I hear Trevor in yeah. the background. Hey, do you, are you going to have screaming, uh, brothers and sisters? Always. Always. Hey, somebody said that, uh, that El Salvador is the best place to, uh, Practice hard and drill. You ready to go? I mean, I need to practice, so why not? Is it as good as Costa Rica? Uh, I wouldn't know, unfortunately. Well, you do a lot of press releases for Costa Rica tours. Costa Rica Unlimited, correct? Correct. Well, then you should. You, you, how is it? It's, it? I would think your boss of that operation should send you on a on a tour so you can experience this. I've been there and done it. Maybe, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe now I'm a champion. He'll send me down there. Oh yeah. How does it feel to win the 24 hours of Glen Helen? I can tell you. feels pretty good because <laughs> I, I feel just like you. Uh, yeah, it's good. It'll, it'll wear off. It'll wear off really quick and that the reality of regular life will hit you. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, Trevor. That was, that was awesome. I can't believe that that pile of crap bike that I was riding around here with a tire and a moose or whatever the heck was on it when i was riding it actually carried you guys to victory that was uh that was good but i and it was a good story you wrote uh, so if somebody wants to learn a little bit about the the event 
uh, for sure, go to dirtbiketest.com and you can read about the senior riders now. Yes. Oh, they're, 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 they're the main story up front. So why did the headset get loose? That's what, that's all I want to know. Uh, I, you've seen my mechanic and skills. So I think that, that explains it all. But so, so do you have a procedure for tightening up a headset? No, but so uh, we ran a GR stabilizer on a couple weeks before the race and rode with it and raced it quite a bit, but found they have a tendency because like GPR is like a special steering stem nut. You don't use a stock one and they come loose every once in a while. And uh, I just didn't check it before the race, I guess. And so it just happened to come loose during the race, like kind of the wrong time. But, my uh, my yeah. uh, former factory mechanic, uh, Dave Chase, uh, God rest his soul, used to say, prior proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. And you almost let that. So had that, it sounded like a really good race. I mean, it sounded like you guys are going back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, I think the, the biggest gap was after we tightened up that steering stem nut and stuff, the gap got up to like seven, maybe eight minutes. And that was the biggest it was the whole race. Um, but if you hadn't had to tighten that up, it would have been huge. Yeah, no, nah, we would have been, we just would have stuck really close. We probably would have like passed back and forth more. Um, they had like their fast guys run when our slow guys run. And then our slow guys run when they're fast Guys, run however that works out. Right, uh, like they kind of pull away, then we catch back up, then pull away and catch back up. Um, but yeah, it was a really close race up until seven seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's that's a that's an early one. Usually, the race changes like when the lights go on. Yeah, like the lights go on in the next two or three hours, and typically that's where you usually have some issues because I think I think you're using some rinky dink system that your dad developed a long time ago. You used to be. Used to be. Not anymore. Yeah. Now you're a factory guy. No, kind of factory guy. Yeah. And how how did, how did it feel to beat your your the team you ride for at Best in the Desert? That felt really, really good. <laughs> we could have gotten second to last. As long as we beat them, it was <laughs> <laughs> So was was Hayden on one of those teams? Yeah, he was on. So they had two teams they had a gas gas team, which like their A team. And then they had a KTM team was their B team. And Hayden was on that KTM team. Um, they had quite a few issues, more so with the riders and the bike. Um, a bunch of the riders were getting hurt and stuff like that. Um, and then the gas gas team, something had they broke their slave cylinder was leaking clutch fluid into the motor. So they had to stop every rider change and refill the master cylinder with clutch fluid. And that's the team you're battling with all, all 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So for it, just to kind of clear it up, bring it back. So, um, we're talking about the 24 hours of Glen Hill and they've been doing this race now for boy, I won it on an XR 600. The first year they had it. If that tells you. 99, 99, something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah. And the reason we won that race, because we were competing against like, you know, uh, YZ400s and KX250s. And it was at that point, it was, 
you just had to have good lights at the you know during the night and you had your lights had to work and we knew the xr 600 from baja racing we knew that was good and we developed this kind of this interesting little headlight that that was it was super top secret i mean we we used to keep the headlight under under a cover because everybody's running these big baja style lights we had this little tiny thing that was using these these halogen these little tiny halogen lights so that was the that was literally the key to it having a bike that was just we knew you couldn't break the bike you just had to keep it moving and uh, i think you guys learned that for sure this time yeah that's kind of that was our game plan going in we knew uh we knew that gas gas team was at good raw speed but they're also prone to mechanical problems, whether it's in their control or not. They usually seem to suffer those. So we knew the Yamaha should be good as long as we didn't screw it up. And uh, yeah, it worked out. That's cool. Um, who who was on the uh, who was on your team? We had Tyler Belknap. He's done some stuff with DBT, and then Jens Fullerton raced with him a bunch, and then Thomas Dunn. So and who who was on the Gas Gas team? It was Colton Eck. Um, Yakimo, Redondi, RJ Wageman, and Nick Stover. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they did have some uh, fast guys on that. You can beat all of them, right, Logan? What? Yeah. How come, how come Trevor didn't call you? <laughs> it would have been too easy. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to, you know, you got to put your hat in the ring when this stuff comes up. You know, you get on these big, big high profile races and stuff. I mean, you just told me you were first <laughs> in the class. Oh, in the class. Okay, just checking. Well, Logan and I can do a TTT uh, team. Oh, just so now we have the, the, the now we'll have the young the younger guys, the younger slower guys. Well, I, I think I'm older than Trevor, but we can do slower guys. Well, Trevor, that that that'll this will work out where you can prep another bike for the 24 hour. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it, you, that way you can hone in on those mechanical skills. That way, the next time, after the next time, you'll you'll you won't make all the mistakes. And you know what? You know what happens after you do that a few times? You just stop doing it, like me. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, maybe now that we won one, maybe we'll go up, go out on top. We'll see. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, awesome. So, anything? Uh, so, how's the bike now? Is it, is it tired? Uh, honestly, the bike is remarkably in really good condition. Um, yeah, the only problem we had is we took a rock, took the ignition cover and there's a small like hairline crack in it. That's kind of like just see fairly seeping oil. Uh, but other than that, it's rock solid, ready for another 24. Logan, you had to do JB weld, right? Yes. Yeah. Just yes. JB weld to fix that. Just run Easy. it. Yeah. I've, I've. <laughs> In all the testing we've done on those bikes, they've been the 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 YZs, the YZ FXs and stuff. The WRs have just been. I mean, how many times? So this would be the third time you've done it on a Yamaha. Yes, first time on a 450. The rest were on 250s. 250s, and I yeah. mean that one. The one WR we tore it apart after the. You know, it'd been a. It kind of like a long term bike, and we tore it all apart, and it was like this thing's still good. There was nothing that needed to be replaced. And I mean, it's just kind of a, I mean, most bikes are like this. They, they just, as long as you don't run them low on oil, don't over rev them, keep the air filter clean. You're going to have a fair amount of success. How, how silty was it? Uh, it was probably the worst silt I've seen. 
long, long time in Glen Helen. Great, so great. They, yeah, they graded the ridge like the week of, and we hadn't seen rain there in a year and a half. So it was just like instantly just gnarly silt and yeah, never got work, never got better. Poof dirt. And yeah. so that, so having that filter up high helped. Yeah, I think it helps. Like the beta team, they went through seemed like every other pit they were changing our filters. Just like wow. Yeah, maybe not that much, but there's changing quite a bit. I think we changed two air filters just because. And yeah, they were fine. So Yeah. You don't realize how much when you're riding to those silt ruts and stuff like that, how much the rear wheel's spinning. Yeah. How much it sucks. Usually usually where your air filter is designed to drain water out of, that's also where it sucks up the majority of the dust. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're riding, you think about like I'm riding in dust. If you're riding in really thick dust, it's going to get dusty. But a lot of it comes actually from your own your own tire. So, yeah. Cool. So what else is uh, what else is going on at Dirt Bike Test? Um, we're going big. I don't know. Just got <laughs> a beta riding impression up. The old guys, they ran that. Um, a lot of positive did, that. Did they, did they, so, so the, the old guys, uh, these are guys that are my age. Thank you. <laughs> they normally ride what Huskies, KTM. Yeah, they're all, uh, they're all KTM Husky guys. Yeah. 250, 450. Right. And they were, they were all pretty impressed with the beta. Yeah. They, uh, that kind of race, they thought it was a pretty good bike. Uh, they did, they did do some suspension valving, just cause really, we got it from dirt bike magazine actually. And so it was, everything was pretty worn. And so they just revalved it to stiffen it up a little bit. Um, cause they're a little on the heavier side. Uh, they like extra traction, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just they revalved it and then took it racing that gas tank tires and all it good. And, uh, you know, if Dirt Bike Magazine would have taken it, it would have broken, what, the fifth lap? Possibly. It would have had so many modified parts on it, they all would have fallen off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> hey, I, I I think those are good bikes for that. And how, what did they do for lights? Um, they ran the normal KC setup they've been running. So they have a battery, kind of a battery on one light, and then they're running off the ignition on the other one. No, actually, for this bike, they ran everything off batteries. Okay. Like, they uh, they got a stator from Ricky Stator that was rewound and stuff. But for whatever reason, the bike wasn't running right. Um, and so they just had to go back to the stock stator and use that and then just rely on batteries for the lights. Did, did we ever figure out what the problem was with the stator? Not yet, but I think we're going to get the stock stator to Ricky stator and then they can look at it and see maybe if they can find something there. Cause uh, we, when we, me and you talked about it, we thought that maybe they had rewound the, the, the rewound it in a way that, that it affected the, the pulse generator. Yeah. So the, so, cause usually on motorcycles, when you think about this, there's a certain number of the, the posts are wound to put power to the ignition system. And then the additional posts are wound to run power back to the battery. And we thought maybe there was some confusion on how that worked or something got a little bit uh, messed up. So that's what we think. We think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So what's your, uh, what's your next big race, Trevor? Uh, man, we got, uh, 
last best of desert race in a couple of weeks in Cal City. Riding the KTM there, and then you got a new muffler. Got a new muffler finally. Yeah, uh, Trevor. Trevor called me up and said, "Hey, what, 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 what are the battery <laughs> problems that KTM's have?" And uh, I said, he explained a little bit to me. I said, "It's not the battery; it's something else." And then he found <laughs> out that his his muffler was blowing really hot air into his battery that caused yes. the battery to melt. Yeah, yes. It's funny how things like that happen. It's crazy. Yeah. But, so, Eddie, yeah. do you want to do you want to hear uh, Logan do the Yamaha two-stroke read? I do, because you've ridden them. I've ridden, I've ridden one of them. When do we get to ride the one twenty-five? Um, hopefully soon. I haven't heard anything yet, but they said should be anytime soon. So, yeah, because you're not going to that intro. Us guys over here are. I'll go. I'll go work out. I don't even need to ride it as long as I'm around it. Yeah, look at his his, his smile turns to a small frown. <laughs> okay, Logan, tell us about a YZ125 and 250. Um, experience pure performance and exhilarating power with full line of Yamaha two-stroke, YZ two-stroke bikes. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today to explore what's new for 2022. You know what, Trevor? You're supposed to interrupt him. This is the way these ad reads work. You should, you should like interrupt him to, to like break his flow a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's where you'd say, that's where you just jump in and go, yo dog, I've ridden that, you know, kind of, you'll be the, what do they call that? The hype man. Yeah. Hype man, hype man for the ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Logan, go ahead and try to get this thing clean. The revised YZ125 makes for the perfect step up machine. Wait, what about uh bring back machine? Because that's what it's going to do. It's going to bring me back to going to the track. Yes. See, that's how you do it, Trevor. Just, just, just kind of throw those kind of curveballs at him. Keep going. Featuring all new engine, revised six-speed transmission, new brakes, and suspension settings, improved rider ergonomics, and new aggressive styling, and more. What's uh, more? Um, Trevor's really Trevor. good with the, the specs. What's more, Trevor? For the YZ125. Uh, it says it has and more. And more? There yeah. must be more. Maybe they're holding out on this. You should it it has a a, a tradition of winning the Glen Helen 24 hour in its family. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> the YZ250 also delivers improved rider ergonomics, new front and rear brakes, updated suspension settings, and aggressive styling. For a truly race-inspired look, check out the YZ250 and YZ125 Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Editions. And Oof, for like the next, for and for the next generation of See, riders, it worked. You cut them off. The YZ65, YZ85, and YZ85LW deliver big bike specs in a smaller package. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com and. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter Victory Zone today. Victory Zone, like Trevor. Yes. <laughs> Straight to the Victory Zone. Straight to the Victory Zone. After 24 hours, you can go to the Victory Zone. Yes. So, uh, so, well, thanks for coming on, Trevor. Thanks for uh, giving us a little insight on that. Um, anything else we need to know? It's where do we, you did, a, you did a race test on the bike and a race story. Yep. And a bike build is there a bike build story yep everything we did to it which was yeah, yeah well if you want to uh 
learn a little bit more about that, go to dirtbiketest.com, check the stuff out, and then uh, ask questions later. Is is that the 24-hour bike? Yes. It's one of our... I, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's part of Rooster Ando? Sweet. I, I did voluntold Trevor's bike for, uh, oh, for okay. Rooster Ando. Good. But so you might have to you know might have to stay up a little bit past your bed bedtime to see what I think of this bike. What kind of seat does it have on it, Trevor? Oof. Well, I will say I tried reaching out to see concepts, but I never got an answer back, so I had to go somewhere else. Okay, well they don't talk to you, little you know you, the minions. They they only talk to the high high level guys. Like well, you know, now that I'm a race winner, maybe they will talk to me. But oh, well, yeah, could be. What what I kind of seat? What, what kind of seat was it? Uh, it's the moto seat. Seat cover. Oh, you just, you, cause you have to cut it down to put that gas tank on. Yeah. Yeah. All explained in the, uh, in the, the race prep story. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll let you get, uh, get to bed. You athlete types, um, probably have to go ride your mountain bike early in the morning. I need something. <laughs> I need something. Try, try to get a free trip to Costa Rica is what you should be trying to do. Just take it from somebody. One day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, Trevor. Thanks a lot, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you in this in soon. All right, sounds good. See you guys. Yeah. Okay, are we back on the back on the questions, Logan. Yeah. Twenty twenty one beta two hundred R full test. Jordan Hanty Hinton thinks now I want that thing more than any other bike. Um. Thank you. I, yeah, I felt the same way when I wrote it. And then I realized that I'm a fat guy and I need a 300. Next question. Motion Pro MP metric tool review. Dr. Brent Cooker. Oh, hell yeah. It looks the business I'm getting one. Thanks for the review. Okay. Doctor. So doctors are taking our advice. Yeah. That's good. We're moving up the charts. Uh, Tour of Idaho. M. Armadillo. Armadillo? Yep. Okay. Uh, did it did it in one day on my stock fat boy? That sounds like George's alter ego. Uh, George's spoofing. What was uh, the account name? Armadillo. I think George is... I thought I thought George did something with cows, so I feel like his would be like some George cows. digs holes on his property so they can bury cows oh. when they die on the ranch. Uh but uh yeah, sure you did, Armadillo. <laughs> what is <laughs> see, if I were harvesting this every once in a while I want to see those those what do you call this when somebody trolling, right? Yeah, it's trolling. So when I see somebody do this trolling stuff, I always go to see what they posted, especially when it's on YouTube. You know, I go look at like what videos they have and then I bring them up and you start realizing that Armadillo's like, he's got a whole playlist of boy bands that he listens to. And then he's also into like mopeds. <laughs> Bob doesn't understand this. It's like, <laughs> it's the new culture, right, Logan? I guess. Yeah. Next question. KTM 390 long-term test. Battle Janty 21. Can you expand expound a bit on replacing the fork seals? 
My brother and I have both had leaky forks since riding our 390s through the mud and dirt of a BDR. I assume it was just due to typical dirt particles getting hung up in the seal, as I have had happen on other bikes. Did you guys find something more problematic with the stock seals? So I, I can't recall. So he's talking about our KTM 390. I know I replaced the fork seal on one side once. And I think that's been it. And this happens, you know, every once in a while fork seals go bad, but there were no dings when I replaced it. There were no dings on the slider. So I just popped the new seals in and I think it's been good. There is a chance. and I do so many different fork seals and stuff that I've done it twice but I don't, I don't recall. The bike's still there. Fork seals are good. Uh, so I don't know what it is. But these forks, I was real curious about them because they, I, I'd asked because it's, they're built, they're WP stuff that's not built. It's built in India. And so is it, is it a cost uh, point? Are the seals as good? And the seals that I got were, they look like the, they look like the stock SKF ones that I think they use in the, the WP stuff. And I put them in and they were good. If you're riding a lot in the mud and for us, when I, I'm pretty sure when mine went out, it had been ridden in the mud a little bit. We'd had some rain and I'd ridden it. And so I don't think it has the same wipers as the, the dirt bikes do like the, there's, there's the seal and then there's the wiper on front of it. And I don't know if there's the same protection uh, from the mud that the uh, the dirt bike would have. I'd have to go like look at it specifically. But your question got me thinking that I don't think it's anything really more problematic. Like there's, I don't think there's a quality issue in the in the in the parts, but maybe just the protection of where the where the seals are at. And there, I I was. I was also wondering if there's more, since that bike's heavier, if there's more flex and that would allow dirt to easily, more easily get up into, you know, past the, the dust, the wipers and into the seals. This, I don't know, uh, but I haven't had a problem uh, that much more. But if you are replacing your seals, always make sure that you don't have rock dings in the in the sliders because a lot of times the seals you know the tires kick up rocks and they flick up and they hit hit the slider and they put a little ding in it and then that rips the seal and you know a good suspension guy always checks for this and i know some people that just pop seals and it's so easy to pop seals in those forks you just take it off literally turn it upside down um uh just unscrew the 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 cartridge and and it all comes out actually you can do it without even draining the oil that's how how easy it is hopefully if you haven't the seal hasn't let a lot of the oil leak out but uh so i did not have any find anything more problematic with those so answer would be no next question michael h ride the way it was designed to be ridden as an adventure bike and there's there are no mods necessary. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I'll agree with him. I mean, you don't need to modify it, but hey, Matt, what? <laughs> yes. What happened when we reached out to that group that we got all the new rooster endos from? 
Ooh, yeah. 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 It's like, it's like no mods necessary. I'm more in line with this guy, but like, can mm -hmm. people help themselves? They can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. Yes. Yes. By they, uh, coming to the school this weekend. Oh yeah. They come to the school and then they can put a better rider on their bike or they can. Uh, and then you'll know me. what modifications you need. I, I do want to give a shout out to the to that group though the Tech Talk uh, EF e, uh, EXE and FE yeah they uh, I asked for some Rooster Endo picks and I got a lot of responses so th those guys are awesome that is cool yeah I saw Taco Mike on there earlier yeah I think he's still on here he's he's on here as Facebook user still I don't know what's up with that oh uh, he's probably going in uh, incognito okay. kind of like kind of like you know his his uh his his uh, money came as moped master mic or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> maximum mopeds something like that <laughs> i'll have to go through the paypal but we still need to do the intro song throw a kid on that bitch i remember we talked about this yeah a long time ago mm -hmm. yeah i i actually started writing the lyrics for it wait 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 hold on you're writing a song well logan's gonna rap it <laughs> oh yeah Oh, it's boy. called it's yeah, he's working up to it, but it's well, well, we are on SoundCloud, so we can officially be SoundCloud rappers, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll record it and we'll debut it on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. We have a studio, yeah, we have a studio to do this, yeah, yo, like the hype. Remember the whole hype man thing, yeah. Wait, Logan, what would be your rapper name? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, oh man, waffle. It'll no, it'll have to be something to do with the way that he the way he rides his girlfriend on the on the on the on no no that ain't that gonna work. It's gotta have to it has to do something with the the way that you ride your girlfriend on the motorcycle when you guys are going out in the desert to make out. Uh he he is under eighteen here, so we gotta watch how we phrase that. <laughs> yeah. New girlfriend ride the dirt bike with you? No. She never been on the dirt bike with you. Mm -mm. Nope. Saving those experiences for later. <laughs> okay, what's next? Amandi, Amandi Mail. Spending so much money on a bike just to make it suitable for off-road, which he is... He, yeah, he... Is not designed for. That's, that's pretty That's pretty rough. I, is the bike a he or is it a she? Um, I think according to most people, it's a she. But is that is that derogatory or... Think complimentary so. oh um i don't know you you like to admire your bike usually yeah you admire your girlfriend yeah and you're a dude mm -hmm. so you should call your bike a she mm -hmm. and unless unless you like dudes <laughs> but just like a boat yeah just like a boat they're always she's always, yeah Okay, so so we we've got it. The bike is a he, but mm -hmm. it's okay. One should just get a more suitable bike. It looks like commercial to sell different parts. My video looks like a commercial to sell different parts. Damn, damn it! <laughs> they just uncovered our whole our whole shtick here. We're a commercial to sell different parts. Those parts are effective, and they did their job. <laughs> Every single one of them. We explained it this way, so. Um, I'm sorry if we had a good commercial <laughs> and you didn't enjoy it and your bike's a he. But um, All-wheel drive, adventure bike, motorcycle, guitar. That's a great improvement when it comes to motorcycles, especially all-terrain bikes. I wonder what makes an 
model was this bike. Will there be a future walk around with this bike soon? He's talking about the all-wheel drive adventure bike, the KTM. It's a 1190. Uh, there will not be a walk around with this bike. It's still sitting in my garage. My cat barfed on it the other day. If you'd like to know. Well, it, it barfed in the general location of this bike. I don't know if those things are related, but um, I think she was had kitty cat constipation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, Whatever year they made KTM 1190s, it was that year. And so 2014, 16, something like that. Um, there, We need to make another video with this bike. Not with this bike, but explaining it. Like Jim shot a lot of really good videos of that bike while George was standing there kind of. He was kind of picking his nose. And Jim was there just in there getting it with the camera. That's 2016. Why is that yeah, like 2016 you check the chart yeah right um so uh yeah maybe george could come here and film a walk around okay next question ktm adventure 1190 always ktm um perfect emoji perfect emoji fire jazz hands smiley is that a mask is the emoji wearing a mask no it's I think jazz hands or something. Yeah. It's just very happy. Okay. That's good. That's, that's my modification video on that bike. Mm -hmm. Why does he like it when everybody else hates it? When I modify the bikes? Um, I don't know. Is that his name? Is KTM adventure 1190? Matt, was that the guy's name? Yeah. It's on, literally on the guy's name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So well, I, I just thought, you know, the, the, the KTM 1190 is actually very happy. Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's happy about the all wheel drive video because yep. he knows what it is. Correct. He should get a Tenere. Oh, <laughs> he should go blue crew. Blue crew. Okay, oh, yeah. what is, he should. What does Dan Lund want to know? Oh, I think that for the ABS, you can set up a shortcut with the up down switch so that you can arm and disarm it with one push of an arrow. Dan, if you know this, uh, let me know. That's I've heard there's something like this. A lot of times these engineers with the electronic systems build in some things that you can, you can do this. Uh, KTM also sells, you know, of course for off-road use only like a dongle that a lot of times you can plug into the bikes that disable or they, it remembers your settings. So when you turn it off or shut the bike off and turn it back on, it doesn't quote rearm itself. So, uh, Dan, if you know this, uh, please let me know. Andrew Ward. Look up Christine motorcycles. They have been making all wheel drive dirt bikes for years. Nothing new. There we go. Yeah, really? exactly. <laughs> so, I'm glad he caught that one. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, well, I know. So it's after after like six million views, yeah, somebody yeah. should should do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Logan. Perfect. I think we're gonna take a small little break. Yeah, are we gonna take a small little break? We're gonna take a small little we're break. Small so. little break, and then we're gonna get back into uh, the rooster endo segment. Okay. So you can get your board down, and we can yeah. uh, do this. All right. Okay. Enjoy. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. 
more comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. All right, we're back. Uh, we are back, and you can see the rooster endo board set up. Um, Logan reminded me that there was dust on my uh, bottle of uh, cough medicine. This is a uh, Willet, and it's not tequila. So, because back in the uh, cowboy days, you know, when you got sick or you had an operation, they gave you a little bit of whiskey. So, as you can tell with my voice, a little bit, hopefully, it sounds as bad as I think it sounds. Um, I got a little bit of the wog going, so I'm going to have a little, little, just a little bit of this tonight. This is really good, by the way. It's oh, just, it is? Uh, oh, yeah. suddenly another oh, yeah. shot glass is going to appear. Yeah, amazing, Matt. Here, I'm going to pass this over here. No, don't break anything. <laughs> so how many rooster endos do we have here, Logan? Uh, five and a half. Five and a half. Okay. Yep. So this is a segment uh, where you can submit your bike. You just have to email it to us. Uh, you tell us a little bit about your bike, what you've done to it. We analyze it. We give you a very honest review of your bike. And depending on whether how well what you can depends on my mood. Uh, it depends on the sponsors of the show. It depends on a lot of things. That's why there's a picture of Matt's bike on the back of the board here. Yep. Uh, George's ATC on the very deep end of endo. Like this is endo and cartwheeling. And then over there on the far side, you might notice the the gem of motorcyclemanship. That's a Husaberg 570. And it's up there because it has has so much power that it's towing all this other junk behind it. So um, let's go. What's our first? What's our first one? Do you want to read the things first? No, I just, you hand me the picture. Oh, okay. And okay. tell me the name. These, How many, we've done this like five or six. We've done it a few times. Yeah, but we've I was done trying this 12 to times. give it a little. Holy difference. shit, this is a KTM 200. Uh, the very first year of the KTM 200. Jack Penner? <laughs> Jack Penner is his name? No. No. Lisa Mofat, um, 1997, Jack wow. Penner. Jack Piner. Piner. Jack Piner. It was my dad's, and when he passed away, I got it. There was only 133 of them made. So this is KTM Jack Piner. This was the, I don't, was it the, was it the first year of the KTM 200? Yeah, with the old suspension. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got to ride one of these. I actually, I think I've raced it someplace or I went to an intro where I rode one. Um, what an awesome bike. I mean, just at the time coming, you know, I was always been a 125 guy and so, you know, there was the KDX 200 was the 200. And when KTM made a 200, it just blew everything else out of the water. And they, they branded it. They branded it as a Penton. Yeah. And so, because the original KTMs were Penton. So there's a lot of history in this bike. Uh, it, this has the, and back then, 
Olin's had the patent for the PDS system on the shocks, which is, uh, it's the, uh, I just lost it here. It's the two pistons inside the shock body. And that way they were able to run without a linkage and it had conventional forks on it, which I don't at the time were okay. They were good. But for this bike, which was an enduro bike, it was just fine. And uh, what an awesome bike. That's that's pretty high up there in the roots because there's there's a lot of. Yeah, as soon as I saw the color, I was like, wow, I'd never even heard of this bike before. They they, they back then they actually let media ride some of those however many there were they were limited editions they were produced like that so they let some media ride it and i got a chance to ride one i i would have just taken the plastic off of it and stored the plastic and mm -hmm. saved it so that's a really nice bike yeah um taco this, mike this is just gonna put me to bed yeah this is a uh, this is actually Wait, taco really, mike really good stuff isn't he a sponsor of this show yeah, yeah. 2022 KTM 350 EXCF just completed the 144 hours of Baja. The wheels are stock. This guy sells. Have you have you been to Taco Moto Code ever, Logan? What the website? The yeah, place the the website. Yeah, you've been to the website. Yes, there's eight thousand different products you can buy. Yes, and he said the wheels are stock. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that's left on this bike that's stock. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think that's where he's going with that. Yeah, he's trying to get. Well, he I, did, I asked for he a did, list. He didn't. Get he one. didn't prep me on this. I the just list could be that long. That's his way of saying everything. Wait, wrong. is that that's not his list, is it? No, no, a different dude. Yeah, you can modify everything on these bikes, uh, especially through his through his website. Does he have a white sheet for a KTM 350 that we know of? I'm unaware. Yeah, he should. <laughs> so you can figure out where what to what to what to what to do with it what's on the handlebars do we know what's up on the top corner of the handlebars uh it looks like a phone mount and then a a mirror there's a yeah. mirror up there it looks like is it a helmet sitting up there maybe so no. we're, we're looking at we're looking at a ktm that's got a lot of parts on it it's kind of so if Taco Mike tries to sell you this bike, I have one thing that you need to ask him. Did you ever ride it down the beach? Because <laughs> I'll tell you something about riding a bike down a beach. It will never be the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't care how much WD score you squirted in it before or after the ride. It will never be the same but uh go to taco motoco check out uh taco mike's uh stuff that he can sell you probably every part in this bike and this bike is probably for sale over there right now he has a discard on it somebody asked me about front discards and uh i was very I, I've never run front disc guards. Like I've run those covers before, but that was because factory Hondas had them back in the day. And I thought it was cool. So I put one on there and then I couldn't figure out why. So <laughs> I stopped running them. So, okay. It's, it's a, it's a middle of the road bike. Does it have a seat concept seat? He doesn't say I asked him for a parts list and he just said the wheels are stock. That's the it. wheels are stock. <laughs> yep. I run W wheels on mine a lot of times. You know, I already forgot what the answer was to the to their question for us, for our viewers. 
the question. Yeah, it was like, what what did the shirt stand oh, for? Oh, well, the worst thing was is that, that so we had a really good prize yeah. to give away for that. Uh-huh. If you knew what the 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 the, the code went mm-hmm. and it was it was all things wheel. That's okay. their that's their thing. Yeah. And and it you you you'd really be bummed that you didn't know that. Just saying. Okay, Logan, next. I'll pin it. You give me the next one. Um, Mike Norris. 2021 KTM EXC F500. Hey, we need to join some of the Yamaha owner groups now. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cyclops Trail Pro Headlight Assembly. Golden Tire 216AA Fat t- Front t- Tire. IRC M5B EVO rear. He's mixing the tires. That's risky. Uh, firm Nitro Moose front plushy rear bulletproof discard SX. No, it's discard night. Yeah. Uh, SXS side plate. Exterior. Exterior. No. Emperor Racing Rad Guard. Emperor Racing. Yeah. Radio Guards. P3 Park. Carbon pipe guard, con, contra, con, I don't know. That one. Contra- corrupt. Corrupt. Carbon clutch co- cover. You got the hiccups? Yeah. Uh, Polysport ignition <laughs> cover, a Cherubis full plastic kit with deviant ink, ink custom graphics with metal sparkle flake. Highway dirt bike, handguard, and top mount. What has the metal sparkle flakes on it? The graphics. The gra- okay. Got it. The um, TBT tune suspension. Takamoto Co. Tail. Tidy, tidy tail. Yeah. I know this. With enduro plate mount. Get ECU with taco tunes and D smog done. Dirt Tricks rear sprocket and trail bound co bar pack for should, snacks and truth. You should have got a DDC. This bike packs a S steel steel MS six two sixty with a twenty inch bar in the spring on it's, a customized it's a lasagna. You can you can go check Engi- on it. Engineering chainsaw mount. <laughs> Mount has this bike. This list on this bike is so long. We've cooked lasagna (laughs) in the time that it's taken to, to read, read this off. Yeah. um, So it's like, we just went yin yang on the, on the, how things are modified. Like taco Mike had almost the exact same bike, except this is a a 500. Yeah. And taco Mike probably had the three, three fifty brother of this bike with every part you could possibly put on it. Mm hmm. And uh, was there anything? Was it, was it gonna? I like the chainsaw mount, but I don't see it. I want to see the logs he cut with this thing. Yeah. Zero pavement is what he's saying. No, it sees minimal dirt roads, almost zero pavement, and spends mo- most of its life the amazing single track that the Washington State Mountains offer. I absolutely love this bike. Your bike gave Logan hiccups. I don't know. <laughs> That's a that, 
that bike, I'm sitting there looking at that thing. That's, I'm saying 20 grand. At Liter- least, right? Li- literally, I don't know. I'm, I bet you if you itemize it up, it's almost 20 grand. There's a lot of stuff done to that motorcycle. I mean, I think that's the longest parts what, list we've ever had. Yeah, what's his name? Oh, uh, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris? Oh, uh, man. Mike Norris. Mike Norris. Well, no, if it was Chuck Norris, then that bike would be... Uh, the Chuck Norris of... Of, of dirt bikes. That's dirt the bikes. Chuck Norris of dirt bikes right That's a Chuck Norris of dirt yeah. bikes. Yeah. It's like, hey, got to be careful of messing with this bike. It, no, might, it, yeah. might, it might slap you upside the head. This... Like KTM makes a factory edition, but it's no Mike Norris bike. <laughs> like, 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 like it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that KTM factory edition. It's not a Mike Norris bike. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on that bike. Is, it, is that a quad ram in the back too, or is that? I don't know. I can't. No, it doesn't really. I all I see is just. It looks the like little, two motorcycle. Two, two Because some people walk up their ramp with yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's for walking, yeah. walking up the ramp or. Or it's a quad ramp. I don't, know. I don't know. He's done way too much to this motorcycle, but I like it. I don't know why. <laughs> if and I tell you, if it would have had a seat concept seat, it would have got over there and like it almost would have been able to put its arm around the Husaberg. <laughs> it almost it almost it just No, no. Yeah, no. it would have been you know In no way it's better than Ricky's bike. Well, it's Mike Norris. It's like Chuck Norris. Okay, Chuck Norris. It yeah. might be, he might be related to Chuck <laughs> Norris. You, you know, don't if, know this. If he put a Chuck Norris joke in the description, I would have put it past yeah, the Huseberg. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, give me the give me the pin. Yeah. Okay. Lacking the Chuck Norris oh. and no seat concept seat, so it's going to get in the middle again. Um. It starts with Moto. Uh, Constrabania Thea. Holy what? Yeah. Constrabania. Yes. Yeah. This is actually one that you forward to me. Right. This is an uh a trans a trans help. Africa twin. It's a trans it's a and but a, it's the Honda tra- it's this it's this older Honda adventure bike. Uh nineteen ninety eight Af- Honda Africa twin. V twin seven fifty CC completely stock. This bike was denied entry into the U.S. by U.S. Customs and was and a very surely U.S. Customs agent back in 98. Welcome to America. Wow. It's probably the most emissions compliant vehicle trying to get into the United States that was denied. They probably said, well, the license plate holder isn't big enough. You have to send it back. (laughs) You know what's interesting about this photo, if if you're able to, if you're watching this. Or if you're watching it on one of the videos, but if you're listening to it, behind this this piddly little Honda 750 is a very proud man with his BMW GS. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. That was a 11. I want to say it would might have been 1100, 1150. I know this because I was racing for BMW at the time. There's a very proud man back there. <laughs> Looking at the the little the little Honda, but both of these bikes are actually very very good capable adventure bikes uh, of the time, and I have ridden uh, the Honda 750 a couple times. Uh, we've had people that have managed to sneak them into the country in into our classes before, and it's a it's a really good bike. You know that Honda did this one. This is the one they were. I bet you they. I bet you Honda wished they would have brought this into this country. You know, if, you know, imported it like 
reasonably because at that time BMW was kind of the only adventure bike and Honda had one over in Europe and uh, they could have kind of established themselves in that game. Unfortunately for them, KTM kind of hopped in and took over that performance segment of it. But uh, that's a, th- this is a, this is a really nice bike, but the BMW guy next to him scares me. So we'll give it, we'll give it, it's, it's kind of, we're, this is mediocre night tonight. Okay. You still got your hiccup slogan? Yes. Uh, you want a shot of whiskey now that you're 16? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, sorry. Didn't, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> Ray Corn, Corny. 2021 SE 300 factory. Race wait, tech. Is this a shirt Yeah. I haven't ridden one of these. RK Tech Head, FMF Fatty, Moose Front Back, Tall Renthal Bars, Two Par Front Rear Discards, and Clampers. More discards? Yeah. What is up with the front discards? You guys ride through lava beds with, like, holes that you can't see? Well, at least we know the next sponsor we should target. No, some discard company. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a discard company. Clutch slave guard slash case saver, guts seat cover, dyno fork tube guards, IRC M5BEVO rear and a Sherco front fatty on front. Synco. A Synco fatty? Yeah. These guys are mixing tires again. Hey, that, that M5B, when I used to race and in, in, uh, back in the 80s, that was my go-to tire, and it hasn't changed much. <laughs> there's there's some better stuff out there, but there there but there are a lot of the extreme enduro guys that really like this. I wonder where he's from. That picture, that's some red dirt. It almost looks like Hawaiian red dirt, but the trees aren't right. So I'm looking at the sticker, the off-road sticker on the side. I can't verify where that's at. I think yeah, I can try enhancing and see. California colors? No, it's not California advance. one. Arizona. 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 I'm yeah. looking at the registration. Arizona. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a that's a middle of the road bike again. It, you know, all it's going to take is one seat to catapult one of these things up into the into the roost zone tonight. Okay. You know, uh, Matt asked for, oh, if you are watching this show, uh, San Felipe Bob, I love my 2021 Beta 300RR. Well, where'd you get that that idea? <laughs> who told you about one of those? Yama Bob, who used <laughs> used to be Yama Bob. Like, like the minute we start, like, I'm all blue crew here. I'm all into Yamahas, and then you jump ship. Okay, next, Logan. Oh, it's just the race. Oh, it's a, it's a picture of... So in my head, Trevor was still going to be here when we did this segment. Oh. Uh, and he was going to tell us about it. He was going to tell us about it. You can read all about this bike that absolutely roosts and is the Glen Helen 24-hour champion on dirtbiketest.com. That's – it's funny because this bike looks really good. You should have seen the haggard mess this bike was when he brought it over here. It was – we were doing some testing of some stuff, and he brought this thing over here, and he made me ride it. No, actually, I wanted to ride it, and it had a worn-out tire with a worn-out moose. And no, the the moose wasn't beaded. Yeah, because it was worn out. 
It was like a oh. it was it was like a third hand moose. <laughs> Remember, I I he wanted we wanted doing some photos on it, and I just I do one pass and I'm like nope, yeah. I'm gonna die. It was pretty soft. That that bike roost. That bike roost. That bike roost. It's How much does, does that headlight farther? Set? Farther. How much does that headlight set cost? Do you think? Uh, it, he has. It looks like he probably has two XL eighties on it. Two. Two, it's probably oh, like usually the headlight setups on a race bike like that mm -hmm. are probably in the area of a thousand. It's a thousand bucks. Really, when you start talking about the frame, the mounts, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's just the lights and the switches on the front of it. That's not the ignition that powers it on the back. Okay. That's oh, about Trevor. Trevor's in the chat and he said it was 1500, 1500 with, the, with frame. the frame and everything. Yeah. Okay. So that's probably lights. Yeah. So I was close. An XL pro and a only XL off by however much percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, this thing came out really cool. That's yeah, a good, it's a yeah. good, good machine. So, so I couldn't hear Trevor, uh, live during when he was actually, uh, you didn't here. miss anything. Oh, okay. Well, he's still one, working one on question, it. One question I meant to ask, because I'm not too familiar with, you know, the actual racing of 24 hours. Uh, what kind of, so what are they doing in the pit stops for that? Besides like changing the, the wheels out, are they doing oil changes? I, I assume air filter changes as well. Anything else? That's a good question. You should have asked that. Um, we need to have him back. He can put it in the chat right now. He could too. Yeah. But so usually I know when, when we did it, and I did it on an XR600. I know we did it on a CR250 one year, and I don't remember if I did. I did it with. I think after that, I did it with the on a KTM 525 with the Dirt Rider team, more like a family, like a, a business team, is I guess what we were called. Mm -hmm. But we never changed oil in any of those. Okay. We we checked it. We had the ability to check it on all the bikes and check it quickly. The Honda, the 600 actually had a, because it used to pump the oil into the frame. And mm -hmm. so we actually had a tube on the frame that showed where our oil level was. And we never had to worry about that. But you're doing just, it's just most of the pits are gas and go. And you would typically, if you're going to gas, you would change rider. So, and, and Trevor's filling in right now, no oil change. Um, and... But it's it's usually just gas and go, and then depending on the silt, you know how much dust there was and how the bike was running. Like a good rider would tell you, hey, the bike's losing power, or I feel like you know it's you know losing power means it's not getting enough air, and so you would do an air filter change. And a lot of times that can be done not too much; it shouldn't take too much longer than the rider change. So then there's usually like one main pit stop. Uh, where you're going to do, you're going to add the lights, you're going to put the lights on. And then depending on your pace, there's wheel changes that go on. Mm -hmm. And whether you need to have a wheel change, like the, you know, uh, back then flat tires, because we didn't have mooses when we did it. Or if you bend a rim or do some damage to the wheel or the, the tread, the tire wears off. So I think Trevor could probably let us know how many wheels they went through. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess like, four rears and two fronts. So in the chat, he put, he was two rear wheels, two air filters in total, 1.5 gallons of gas every hour and 15 minutes. Only two rear wheels. Wow. Yeah. And no uh, oil changes. That's good. Yeah. He wasn't riding with motorheads. Yeah. Well, his guys were all, they're all Grand Prix guys. 
So, so maybe they were able to kind of, uh, you know, conserve that. Um, Facebook user, which is Taco Mike, says, "Damn, my bike didn't make the cut. I had a seat concept comfort seat in there too. Ha ha. Well, no, your bike made the cut without the sponsor, without the list. Yeah, we and it, you, you were it, probably you were probably turned the other way. But this is a good thing because I might have said something bad about it. So I, I, I did ask for a list. He just yeah. said rear, rear uh, He just said uh, wheels are stock. Wheels are stock. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good list." So, uh, do we have any chat questions that popped up? Yes, in the- we do. Logan. Yes. You have access to these. I do. This is like, so. this is like the, the, the roulette of, of questions. Cause I have yeah. never seen these before. Mm-hmm. I might've caught off them. the cuff. Yeah. Off the cuff. Uh, my other question that I kind of wish I, I asked, but Jackie, jickety, 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 jackety, cakey, G what's the guy's 1500 bucks. G cake, G. G cake G that's his name. I you're, you're getting closer than I could get. Yeah. I'm not 1500. Yeah. 1500 bucks. Like lights, not free. Like, what do you think it costs to keep that sun on? <laughs> well, more. Than oh wait, that's free. Sorry. We're just trying to harness it for a light. Yeah. For a light. It's a, uh, it's for a professional race. So I Correct. would assume it needs to be pretty powerful. Well, on some of my adventure bikes, I'm running probably six hundred dollars worth of lights on the adventure bikes. The, the mm-hmm. I mount I mount I don't mount the XL80s, but I mount the um, the smaller ones onto the crash bars. And uh, I've seen plenty of guys with that kind of stuff on all different kinds of bikes. But nine thousand five hundred lumens. <laughs> yeah so essentially i think he's just asking why not just do the 550 dollars baja designs and and to me it's like, oh it's two of those yeah but, there's, there's two of those and then the mounts on top of but, it but yeah the mount um so they have a cage around it so in case they crash it doesn't break the lights and then the lights are very adjustable usually they have knobs on them so they can loosen them and adjust them so a lot of times in that race you'll you'll come up on really bad dust and you can just reach up and you can turn one light off and, and reach up and loosen the knob up and slide your light down so it's like low beams. And then and then when you get out to where you're going faster again, you can bring that light back up into the usually you adjust the one that's that's your your close up light, you adjust it down and you turn your pencil beam or your longer light off. But I don't I don't know how they have their light set up. There's so many different lens combinations and things you can do with the Baja design stuff that uh, makes it uh, really effective. But so my, my other question is kind of like, is there a, is there a what, what would be like a sleep schedule? Cause there's what, four to six guys on those teams now? Four, four guys on the pro teams. Uh-huh. And so usually you get off the bike and you try to sleep for a couple hours and then okay. you have to get up and get your gear back on or if you sleep in your gear or whatnot. But the biggest thing you're fighting off is just like cramping because you're doing, you know, in 24 hours, you got to ride six hours. I mean, if you kind of break it down, you're mm-hmm. going to do six hours, which is a long time. And they're broken into, like he said, what did Trevor say? Um, hour and 15 minute stints. Okay. So, so you're, you don't get a whole lot of time, but with four guys, that means you can probably get a little two hour cat nap inside of there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, depending on how, you know, it's kind of hard to unwind and go right to sleep and then 
you know, whatever it's worth. But yeah, Trevor's saying there was no sleep. So yeah, I, I, I usually got like an hour long nap at some point during the evening when I rode on those teams. But the biggest thing was just hydrating and cramping, you know, staying hydrated so you didn't cramp. But it was a lot cooler this year. It wasn't like the years we did it, it was pretty stinking hot. There was a lot of teams that were getting IVs. Mm-hmm. Their riders would get off the bike and get an IV and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. And do you think they'd like, are they like popping like gels or oh, solid you're, food? Yeah, you're eating whatever you can, whatever okay. works for you. Yeah. Okay. So Cool. I okay. guess chat questions now. Dirty Doyle. A friend is selling both his YZs. One's a 125 and one is a 144. I love small bore two strokes. Which do you think would progress my skill? Um, the, the, the 125 buy that one, the one forty fours are a little bit of a, of a mystery. Cause it was about, it was a few different companies that were doing them. And I've, I've tried a couple of different ones and I actually, I actually built one myself and I used to tell everybody how fast it was, but it was really a ticking time bomb. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is any sort of, if you want to progress your skills, you're going to need to put time on the bike and the bike needs to run. So I'd go with the stock more, the one that's closer to stock. Yeah. 144s are nice, but they're hard to jet. That's the problem is they got really hard to jet and you could never get them perfect. And then they were a little bit, a little bit risky. Justin Smith, Jimmy, any good scoop on the rally of, Monaco, Morocco, 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 scoop. Uh, nope. Nope. Not really. No good scoops. You'd have to give me a better, that's a very specific question. I might be able to answer it, but I wasn't there. I've talked to, you know, my guys that were over there and, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically training for most of those guys. Cause everybody, every one of those guys in that rally world, they're only focused on, Dakar. It's just like bicycle racing. You sit there and go, well, did you hear who won the, the Tour to whatever? It's the Tour de France, Tour de France, Tour de France. And with motorcycle rally racing, it's Dakar, Dakar, Dakar. So everything that was going on over there was focused on Dakar. Joe Wilder. Okay, what tool do you need to adjust Husky FX350 handlebar? What tool to adjust the handlebar? Usually a 10 millimeter socket. If you have to undo the ones on the bottom, I think they're what are they, 17s on the bottom for the, if you're going to change the position. Those tools. <laughs> um, Dan Parker, 2017 KTM 350 SXF. The bike started backfiring, bogging, slash bogging, randomly at various RPMs. This has gotten more frequent. I think it's... The starter relay. Ground wire. Have you heard of a similar problem? Problems. Check your, the first thing is check your grounding. Make sure that your ground wires are all connected. Um, and if it, at all RPMs, it just, it, the, right away, I just go like, okay, electronics, just check that. And then if, if that's not it, it's fuel delivery. So check your fuel filter, your fuel pump. You know, your fuel pump pressure, but the little fuel filter in the, in the, uh, right where the, the fuel line out of the gas tank plugs into the, to the, you know, connects to the fuel body that, that connection. Check that little filter in there. Sometimes that can be bad. I've seen, uh, water in the gas 
cause this or bad gas cause this, but the ground wire is my first go-to just connect, you know, connect, make sure you're getting electric. Eric Fajardo. So, Fajardo. You sure about this? No. Spell it. F-A-J-A-R-D-O. F-A-J. Fudge. Okay. A-R-D-O. Yep. Fajardo. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? It's pretty good. Sounds more French. Right. <laughs> so for a weekend warrior like me, and sometimes everywhere weekend, for half a day... How long did would a moose last me? I run tubeless on my 516 KTM, but I ride alone most of the time. So what determines your moose life is is how it's like a, how much high speed are you doing? And that's what everybody it scares everybody, but there's a certain amount of high speed and how much are you hammering it? Like smashing it into bumps. You can do a lot of high speed with very little bumps and it'll last a long time. But high speed and hammering into bumps is what kind of kills mooses. So you didn't give me any of those answers. So I can't uh, probably can't tell you. But if you're not if you're if you're just trail riding. They last a long, long time, like. Three to five tires. You know, if you're just trail riding, but when you start saying, okay, I'm dual sporting and I'm hammering into stuff, like I'm pounding hoop to do's, then you're a little bit, that's a little bit more like racing activities and stuff. So. Victor says, can a two stroke. Is this the Victor we know that Victor? I think so. Yes. Okay. I'm bracing myself for this question. Can a two stroke engine crankcase be repaired by welding? And if so, do you recommend a welder? A good welder can repair a lot of things. Do I know one? I know some, but I don't know anybody in particular um, off the top of my head. But like usually a really good welder can can fix this kind of stuff. You're going to have some warpage. It's never going to be just right. But it kind of depends on what you're trying to, you know, what part you're trying to repair. Like the outer side covers, no problem. Once you start getting into the center cases, a little more tricky. Guys should know what they're doing. It's, it's 356 aluminum, so it's weldable. The problem is, is that it can warp if it's around bearing holes and stuff. So, like so we just got that it's 356 aluminum, so it can be welded, but the bearings around the bearings and stuff, it can it can warp. It can warp anywhere, yeah. and usually, usually it's just on the ceiling surfaces, like the the bearing. Well, like a lot of times, you know. On the, on the older two-strokes, when they were racing these things, when they would set the bearings in and the factory bikes and stuff, they would ping the, pin the cases to keep the bearing encapsulated because they didn't want it to spin. And especially if they ever rebuilt them, they could only do them a certain amount of times because the bearings would get loose in the in the cases, just a, a, a case, case of wear, yeah. And so... So like the KX500s had steel sleeves. Around the, the bearing old, races. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of different... A lot of different stuff, but yeah, you can weld it, Victor. Just take it down to Mexico. That's where, that's where they do that stuff all day long. They don't even blink. <laughs> okay, what's our next one? Um, Sean Elliott. 
internal versus external gap for Recluse Radius XC. I am installing my new Recluse Radius CX and I am having a tough time choosing the internal versus external gap. I like to have some free play at the clutch with using the internal gap, but do not like having to remove the clutch cover to adjust free play gain. I have Recluse on other bikes and it seems to adjust every few tanks of fuel more than practicing balance at slow speeds. What, what bike is it on? Sounds like a cable clutch. Could be a 690. It could be a 690. Yeah. Okay. Did he say it was a 690 or no, but I'm pretty sure Sean Elliott has. Oh, a, has a 690. Yes. He also has a CRF, I believe. Is the 690, the 690 doesn't have a cable clutch, does it? No, it's hydraulic. Yeah. But I think I think his CRF might have a cable clutch. It's a cable clutch is what he says over there. The 690 has a cable clutch? No. Oh. Cable clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's why I asked the question because like the, with the cable clutch, the adjustment, you have to go inside. So CRF uh, 450X. Okay, good. That Thank you. So the... The... So I, when it was a cable clutch, I always set the the internal thing exactly to Recluse's specs. And then I did all of my adjustment externally through the cable, if that helps. Um, so keep going with the question, see if we get a little deeper, see what he wants. The ease of adjusting free plane gain at the clutch cable adjuster is a big plus, but I... Do not know the clutch lever position with reality to my hand grip when overriding. I am leaning towards external adjustment because I feel I will keep it adjusted more frequently. Yeah, set set the internal the way that Recluse tells you to. And if you're using the clutch properly, you'll never have to go back in and touch that again. It's going to be right. And then with the with the cable tension, you can make those those micro adjustments the same as you would with an Allen wrench on the side of your slave unit. But what what I found is a lot of riders will, you know, abuse. I'll call it abuse the 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 capabilities of the recluse clutch. They'll ride a couple of gears high and they'll slip it. Then the clutch wears, and then you have to if if you wear the clutch, you have to go back inside to adjust it. You can make some adjustments on the outside that'll compensate for the wear, but if it wears significantly, you have to go inside to get it right. And then if you find you're on one side of the adjustment or the other. You know, make a note. It's like, hey, I wish it would act this way. And I'd have to specifically know. I'd have to actually have the bike and, and try it to see which way to tell you exactly which way to go. But you could actually run it a little bit tighter, a little bit looser inside based on what you want to do. Uh, the whiskey kicked in. It's actually kicking in for me, too. Right. And I had a coffee before the show, so this uh, wouldn't happen. <laughs> well it it was good whiskey though i will it say is, yeah well, oh it's it, bourbon that's why that's why i liked it yeah so okay victor says i heard that last dog standing race is over for a while well i don't know you have to ask ask trevor hunter about that email trevor at dirtbiketest.com he can answer all of your too. questions about this mitch it might still be in the chat 
Oh, so uh, Dan Parker talks about the the problem about the 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 KTM sputtering and doing all that stuff was that was that that little filter uh, he actually the connection there wasn't connected all the way and I've seen this a lot of times people don't actually get those super connected and yes that'll that'll happen. Yep. So, um, yeah, Victor is worried about the little crack in the cake. It's between the crankcase and the transmission. Oh, inside? How did it get there? <laughs> what? How did you? How did you break that, Victor? This got to be a good story. <laughs> so, okay, I think we're about to um, wrap it up. Hundred messages we received tonight. Yep. Yeah. That's the. And, and if you got your message through, that's because you're one of the special people. Because we banned the other million people that are trying to watch this show. Mm-hmm. Logan, do you, is that a, is that a blister on your thumb from your race this weekend? Yes. And uh, so, what class did you win? Amateur. Amateur. Mm-hmm. Just amateur. No displacement. Just uh, two stroke something. Two stroke something. Two stroke amateur. Did you have to wear like a mohawk on your helmet? Two stroke no. amateurs with a mohawk. No. Not that guy. Just straight up two-stroke amateur. Yep. Did you get a whole shot? No. 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 Pass a lot of dudes. Yes. Was it dusty? Yeah. But you were careful. Yes. That's good. Mm. Did you pass most of the people when they're on the ground? No. No? No. Just blew right past them. Try to be. Okay. Yep. So you is that is that your race report? You're, yeah. You're you don't it's a yes, no, yes, no, yes. Mm-hmm. He also won some money. I mean, oh, you won some money. Yeah. How'd you do that? Uh, first amateur through the gate. Overall, yeah. Yeah. So the thing about amateur is a difference. There's a big distinction between amateur racing and professional racing. And you won money racing a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So you are now a professional motorcycle racer. Do you realize this? So you're gonna have to move up to the pro class because any other time, any other time that you go to race, every other amateur is gonna protest you because you got money, and you're you're, you know because everybody's into protesting these days. So with that, um, I think we're gonna wind this thing back up. Matt's over there snoring. We've put Bob to sleep twice during the show. Your dad only once, but uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Hey everybody. and uh, Jackie, Jack, Jack, K, Jackie, Jack, he asked, I saw he asked, what's the best organization to race with in Southern California? And I have two very, very, very favorites that are real easy to do. If you want to do Grand Prix racing, do an SRA Grand Prix. SRA Grand Prix are the most fun, laid back, great people at the events, great promoters. Uh, they put fun courses together, do that. They're at Glen Helen. And the other one, they're also at Glen Helen, is if you want to do motocross, do REM, REM motocross. So there's Saturday motocross racing. These guys have been doing, they used to race at Paris. They used to race at De Anza. And they, at Carlsbad for a long time. And now they're at Saddle, at, um, at uh, Saturday motocross at, at, at uh, Glen Helen. Really uh, good fun group and you can see all the guys from uh, motocross action racing there you can watch all the kids from motocross action racing i think they're in their 70s now <laughs> <laughs> so still still going there so um okay that's it you done logan what do we say 
See you out on the trail. See you on the trail. Cheers.